It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I hope everyone is having a gorgeous, beautiful, sun-filled day today. It is just a beautiful spring day here in New York, and gosh, I am so happy that the winter is finally behind us. But all right, let's start with the business tip of the day. So I was thinking about this this morning, and... I thought the best thing is um, to clear the clutter, clear the clutter in your house, clear the clutter at work. And once you clear those two aspects of your life up, a lot of times it clears the clutter in your mind. So I am actually in the process, as many of you know, my house is on the market and I can't tell you it baffles me how it is possible that my family has accumulated so much stuff. So I'm in the process of clearing the clutter in my house and it feels wonderful. And once you get the ball rolling and start getting rid of stuff, I'll tell you, I went through all my paperwork at work and all my files and I got rid of everything I don't need any longer. And boy, oh boy, it really does clear your mind and helps you move forward in a a nice peaceful way. So um, with that in mind, I am very excited to give you, I'll give you the quick bio of our wonderful guest today. It's Dr. Thomas Bean. And I'll tell you, he's um, an extremely talented individual. So Dr. Bean is a licensed, licensed psychologist author, and mindfulness teacher. In addition to his doctorate in psychology, he also holds a master's degree in theology from Princeton Theological Seminary. He has been a lifelong student of Asian spirituality and meditation and is a former United Methodist pastor. His psychology background includes extensive clinical practice and research in the field of addictive behavior. He conducts workshops on mindfulness living and is author of he's got some great books out there everyone mindful recovery a spiritual path to healing from addiction the next book is finding the center within the healing way of mindfulness meditation another book mindful therapy a guide for therapists and helping professionals and um the buddha's way of happiness healing sorrow transforming negative emotion and finding well-being in the present moment. He is also the co-editor of Mindfulness and the Therapeutic Relationship. So with that, I'd like to give a nice warm welcome to Dr. Thomas Bean. Hello. Hello. 
Hi, Dr. Bean. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to be a guest on Paying It Forward. My pleasure. Great. So, Dr. Bean, tell us, how did you get involved in the wonderful work that you're currently doing? Well, in terms of um, the spiritual aspects of it, I've always been interested in it since I was uh, very young, and I began studying these things around the age of 15 or so, and um, always uh, wanted to understand it in terms of um, psychology as well. So I've been... um, interested in it for a long time. Um, I think some early losses in my life um, prompted me to think um, deeply about what life is about and how we navigate through it and such. So it's been going on for a long time. Wow. I have to say, um, I know a lot of my listeners know that I had experienced, unfortunately, the death of my first husband. And I was very young at the time. I was, um, I guess I just turned 31 when he passed away. But having witnessed him, he was only ill for about 15 months, but having witnessed that and after his death, it... I don't know. My world was absolutely shaken, but all of a sudden it's like you rub your eyes and you open your eyes and you see the world so differently. Mm-hmm. And it, I know in um, the Buddha's way, way of happiness, I know we let go of the materialistic things, but a lot of times I just kind of feel unless somebody has really, really experienced a, a great, great loss, Sometimes I feel like people just don't get it. Like I remember looking at my husband on his deathbed and looking around at everything and saying to myself, nothing matters. You know, the stuff is just not important anymore. So um, I can't wait to learn from you today because I know we're going to learn a lot of a lot of things. (laughs) So um, let's see, Dr. Bean, let's start off with our first question. What is different about the Buddha's way of being happy? Well, I think um, as you were um, intimating, um, we tend to think of happiness as coming to us through things and um, and through experiences. And so our life um, tends to focus on the acquisition of things and experiences that bring us pleasure. And um, they do that. Um, the, the issue is they don't um, provide any kind of uh, lasting or reliable satisfaction. Uh, and so the um, the experiences of suffering that we have are the things that, um, as you've experienced as well, that crack us open and, and sensitize us and make us ask, what um, is there anything else? Is there anything that I can count on that's um, more reliable? And... Um, the Buddha's answer to this involves more of an emphasis on contentment with what is actually uh, going on and looking around you and finding out what's available, especially in the present moment, not so much in the future, which um, can be the source of a lot of our worry and anxiety, um, not so much about the past, although we can reflect on the future, on the, on the past or plan for the future. We want to stay, uh, keep our feet uh, firmly planted on the ground of the present moment and see what is there and what we can um, 
experience now and be deeply open to it. So, Dr. Bean, are there questions that we can ask ourselves in perhaps in the morning when we wake up to start our day off on the right foot to kind of get us in the mindset to have that positive thinking in order to make us just Mm -hmm. happier? Yeah, you know, I think I think with our tendency, um, if you're like me, is you wake up in the morning and immediately what kicks in is um, I have to remember to do this and this and that today, and all the all the pressures of modern life tend to be the first thing that come up for us. So um, I think while that's going to go on, um, I think we can also counter it by simply asking ourselves for one thing. Um, how can I make this a good day? Okay, I've got to deal with this stuff. Uh, some of it may be very difficult um, and anxiety-provoking, um, but I have to take care of that. Um, at the same time, how can I make this a good day? How can I remember that this day is um, not uh, disposable, that it will never come again? And so we want um, to be present in it as deeply as we can moment by moment, and enjoy the moments of our lives. So to remind ourselves of that in some way, I think is very important. Yeah, this is, so I agree with you 100%, especially the fact that, Dr. Bean, I have three young children, and I look Mm -hmm. at them, and I look at how quickly they're growing up, and so often I feel like, um, my husband works long hours, so I feel like I'm the one that's wearing the pants in the house where I've got to be very strict with my children because I've got to mm-hmm. keep them on a routine because things are so busy now. Like, I just don't remember life being so hectic and busy when I was younger. But as parents, we choose this. It's my mm-hmm. children love sports. They love sports, and I live in a very remote area, so it takes me a good 25 minutes to a half hour to get to the field. And I just kind of feel like, oh, life is so crazy. It's so busy. And I was feeling overwhelmed. And then one day it, it just dawned on me, and I said, you know what? I've got my kids as a captive audience in this car, <laughs> and it's a half hour you know what? I'm going to make the most of this. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, we have the best conversations, but it's all about the things that I've learned. I try to say to my kids, and if we we're rushed to have dinner and we can't sit around the dinner table, I use that conversation in the car as our dinner conversation. (laughs) And I always say to my kids, I say to my kids, I go right around and they all fight to talk first. And I say, (laughs) What happened today that made you happy in school? And, Mm -hmm. you know, at first they all go around, nothing, mom, nothing, mom, nothing, mom. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know what, one of my friends on the the shoulder shrug, right? (laughs) (laughs) It starts young and uh, I got a preteen, so I'm worried about the teenage years. But my daughter turns around and she says, you know what, mommy, what made me feel happy was that one of my friends, nobody was playing with her and she wasn't in her direct class, but Nicoletta Mm -hmm. went up to her and she said, what's the matter? And the little girl said, I feel lonely. And Nicoletta said, well, come on, I'll play with you. And, you know, she was able to verbalize that 
it made me feel happy because I was helping somebody else. And just from my own experience, I'll tell you, the only way I could really deal with the grief was by giving back. And that has a lot to do with why I'm even doing my radio show. It's paying it forward to help so many others. But I know we're going to get to learn so much more. But the first segment of our show is already over. And uh, we got three great segments coming up with Dr. Bean. So everyone stay with us. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, you know, suffering in life, pain, grief, and loss, and how we can deal with that. So hang in there, everyone. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. As a member of the baby boomer generation, you want insights and ideas that factor into planning for, making choices about, and activating your new or mothballed dreams. As a boomer, you can learn how to act on your visions by tuning into the Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you are inspired to follow your own path, step into new directions, and are excited about what you, as a recent or soon-to-be retiree, can do with your life, this is your show. Listen to the show that focuses on self-belief and possibilities for emerging seniors who look forward to life's third act with dread or amazing promise. Host Eric Tonigson and his guests share entertaining ideas and explore strategies to reignite your passions and shift your intentions into action. In his naturally curious and motivating ways, Eric explores personal values, shares wisdom, and encourages you to unlock and live your potential and purpose. Join Eric and his Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Toginet Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. And right before we went to break, um, we were talking about the fact that when I had gone through my huge loss, 
um, the only way I felt that I could deal with the grief was by giving back to others. So, um, Dr. Bean, tell us a little bit about suffering in life, pain, grief, and loss. Like, what oh. makes us suffer? <laughs> yeah, that's um, okay. Well, what makes us the, suffer? The Buddha's analysis, um, like when you look at the things that you mentioned, uh, that I've mentioned in passing, um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the nature of things is impermanent. And so uh, the, the Buddha's whole path was based on trying to look into the causes of our suffering. And what he saw was that while everything is in, impermanent um, and therefore, in its essence, unsatisfactory, meaning that um, nothing can bring us lasting or reliable satisfaction in, that we look for externally because everything is changing all the time. Even our inner states are changing all the time. So none of them can bring us um, lasting satisfaction. And the problem is, as he looked into it, was that um, we're looking for lasting satisfaction in places that we can't find it, therefore. And we're trying to cling to things in order to find happiness and a sense of safety in life, Mm -hmm. which can't really provide that for us. And so everything is flowing and changing at every moment, and you can't grab the river. Um, You can't stop it from flowing. This is the nature of things. And the more we try to cling to it, on the one hand, um, the things that we like, or try to avoid or get angry or upset about things that we don't like, um, the more we're going to be trapped and the more we're going to suffer. And so the way out of suffering is essentially since everything is flowing and changing all the time, um, to get with the flow. And that means the practice of mindfulness and to learn to be um, deeply present in the moment. So those um, moments with your children in the car, for example, um, you don't let them just go by or you're not just trapped in getting where you're going. You take the time to interact and be present and to enjoy them while they're there, um, knowing full well that those moments are passing and will not go on forever. Yeah. So I think you just answered my question. Is You mentioned um, stabilize, you know, how important it is to stabilize our inner state. Is there a way to stabilize our inner state? Is it with, I think you just answered it, get with the flow. Yeah. We can't. In a sense, you can't say you can stabilize it, I think, because our inner states change all the time. And even if we, um, say, experience states of deep bliss and um, deep absorptive um, meditation or something, when you come out of the meditation, there's just life again. (laughs) And so Uh you're still confronted with um, impermanence and the problems that it presents. But what you can do is learn to be present um, with things as they are unfolding uh, without um, all the struggling that goes on, most of which is um, the inner struggling, most of which is pointless, all of which is pointless, because things are as they are. So as we develop the confidence that we can be present with the flowing and the changing, we we find a, a deeper kind of peace or 
or deeper kind of stability that isn't based on um, a, a changing mood state. Okay. So here's another question. How important is meditation? I mean, a lot of my listeners are business owners, and mm-hmm. I I knew that you would be a great guest for our show because I think – As a business owner myself, I know that when I am in a great mood and on a high and everything seems to be going my way, the happier I am, the more peaceful I am internally, work seems so much easier. When I get my mind in a negative state, for whatever reason it might be, I truly struggle with work. So my question is, you know, a lot of times, you know, that saying goes, positive thoughts bring positive results. How important is, like, in your opinion, Dr. Bean, do you think the meditation could actually help somebody be more on an even keel instead of having, like anybody running a business, it's such a roller coaster. We have the high highs and we have the low lows. Right. Is there any way that we can somehow just bring that balance in so we don't have such high highs or such low lows? Well, um, first of all, I'm... Um I didn't think of it that way when I was going into psychology, but of course it turns out that I'm a businessman as well. <laughs> you <laughs> are. <laughs> aspect of what I do, and uh, you know they don't really prepare you for that in, in graduate school, so it's a bit of a shock when you end up having to deal with money. But we know certainly that um, that happier people are more resilient so that they can, they can deal with the stresses of a business life or a personal life better. Um, it doesn't mean you're unaffected, but it means that you will recover more quickly. And we also know that people who are happier are also more creative. So um, you can see possibilities where someone who is less happy, their um, consciousness tends to get pretty narrow and doesn't see possibilities. So being happy is certainly very uh, helpful for anyone in business or probably any other walk of life. And I think um, meditation is one of the important ways that you can um, increase your resilience and your creativity. And there's just tons of research that's come out now that substantiates um, that claim. Um, I don't think that one has to sit for hours and hours and hours necessarily to experience the benefits of um, a meditation. One um, Thai Zen master um, named Ajahn Chah said that uh, if that if that were the case, if um, sitting for hours was uh, proved how enlightened you are, then a chicken would be the most enlightened beings on the planet because <laughs> they sit for a long time. Right. There's something more is involved in that. And in fact, I think people can discourage themselves by trying to do much too too fast. <clears throat> but I think if you um if if you set out to um sit quietly for a few moments and just um be present to your in breath and your out breath and smile gently and realize that these sensations are actually very pleasant when you begin to attend to them. 
you also at first discover just how busy and crazy your mind really is. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but as you learn to attend to the breath and maybe gradually, gradually get to concentrate a little uh, better, you can enjoy it more deeply. And so my advice to people is um, if you want to learn to meditate, that um, it's a wonderful practice, then just start out with um, a comfortable period of time. Find a comfortable posture and, and begin with a comfortable period of time. Uh, whatever that is, if it's five minutes or ten minutes, that's, that's where you start. And um, don't be too quick to try to um, expand the time frame. It's, I think it's more important that you um, uh, experience the meditation in a positive way and cultivate a sense for it. And then maybe gradually you'll like to um, experience more of the benefits of that and sit for a longer period of time. But uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's very difficult um, to work into the busyness of life. So start where you can. I was just going to ask, is there a better time in the day that one should meditate, that they would get the most benefits out of it? Well, I think it, it would depend on all the practical considerations of a person's life. But if everything is otherwise equal and you can do it, I think meditating in the morning is a wonderful practice because um, that's, the, that's the basis, that's the foundation for your mindfulness that you can keep coming back to um, during the day then. And whenever you have a moment, you can always stop and take three or four or five mindful breaths. And it, you know, it won't um, cost you a lot of time or put you behind on your schedule or anything like that. And it just will be about bringing back to the present moment. So I think if you can do it in the morning for a little while, that, that gives you the foundation for being able to do it during the day. And while um, theoretically, um, and some people feel they can do it without sitting meditation and just be learn to be present, um, um, in, in my own experience anyway, it seems like it's very helpful to have that foundation laid in the morning time. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. It's funny, I was reading an article not too long ago, and it was saying that if you are a writer... There are proven mm -hmm. results that when you wake up in the morning, if you can take that time almost within that first half hour of you waking up to sit down and do your writing, it's the most creative time of the day. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. really true, but I have to tell you, um, when I do my writing for my book that I hope is going to get published, Dr. Bean, mm -hmm. I'm like at 95% done. And I'm like, mm. I just have to get it finished. But anyway, um, yeah, I find that that's a great time. And I love your suggestion that doing it in the morning, you know, it allows you if you come across a bump in the road during the day, you just kind of bring your mind back to that place and, it just kind of evens you out. So um, I think this is great. So I'm glad we got the time to talk about meditation. So we are up on another break, but we will talk more um, to Dr. Bean when we come back. So everyone hang in there and we'll be right back. Oh. 
We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in, and each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Dr. Bean with us. So, all right, Dr. Bean, we're going to move right along. Um, my question to you is, what can our listeners do in daily life to be happier? How can we be happier? We um, mentioned meditation, which we know improves uh, mood and stability of our um, of our mood. Um, but beyond that, you know, one um, kind of secret of happiness uh, you mentioned that uh, you were learning from your daughter in the car, which is that she was um, spontaneously practicing kindness. And when we practice kindness, it um, stimulates um, a, a structure in the brain that's associated with um, with joy and enthusiasm. So I think sometimes if you've ever, ever seen like the face of the Dalai Lama, he uh, exemplifies, he embodies joy and enthusiasm. And the basis of his practice is kindness. He says, my religion is kindness. And um, when you're practicing kindness, um, he and he'd be the first to admit it too that um, the, what, the one who's practicing kindness is the first one to benefit. Other people may be benefited a bit as well, but we who practice it are the first ones to benefit from it and become happier ourselves. Um, secondly, I think um, in terms of being mindful, an important thing to be mindful about in daily life is to be mindful of the kindness. 
of um, ourselves and of others. People do lots of small, kind things that we can easily blow right past without noticing. But it doesn't take any additional time to notice, oh, that person opened the door for me, or I opened the door for someone, or that clerk just gave me such a nice smile that it made me uh, feel better in my day. So be mindful of the kindness that we do encounter, because I think uh, otherwise our our brains <clears throat> evolve in a direction of noticing what's wrong more than what's right. Oh, absolutely. Can, so we can train them uh, with a with just a little bit of effort to be more aware of what's positive and nurturing and nourishing in our world. And um, and um, kindness is a very important um, part of that. And then in general, I think, you know, as we usually get hooked about on things that are that bother us or that worry us, we can train our consciousness to get hooked instead on the things that are positive and healing. And that means maybe just take an extra few seconds to notice um, the beautiful sunset or the sunrise or, or the, um, the song of the birds around you or, or flowers or whatever it is just actually uh, learning to soften and open to the positive, wonderful experiences that are all around us. You know, I love that thought. And I have to tell you, because I live in a very special place, Dr. Bean, we have to go over a causeway in order to get to our house. So, you know, with the sports, I do a lot of carpooling. And it's so funny, at night, last night, or actually it was Monday night, we were coming home from lacrosse practice, and it was just about 7.30. We're coming over the causeway. And every single night, it's a different sunset. And I Mm -hmm. fool around with the kids in the back of the car because every night they're like, oh, my gosh, it's beautiful tonight. It's beautiful. And I always scream in the back, Shane, Shane, get your phone out. Did you take the picture? I'm kind Mm -hmm. of doing that almost as a joke. And everybody's laughing as they're fumbling to get the, you know, phone to take a picture of the sunset. But I'm really doing it to make them aware of the beauty that's around us because, you know, I just think it must have been about a year ago I was talking to a friend of mine and she just said, wow, you really just have to take a step back and really open your eyes to see that we are surrounded by beauty. And so many times I'm in the car, I'm rushing wherever I'm going and we miss it. And I almost feel like I have to make a conscious effort to say Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. really surrounded by beauty. And this is all natural beauty. It's I feel like if we can bring in that positive nature that we're surrounded by, that causes the brain to have the positive thoughts, which hopefully bring on the positive results. And you're, and you're doing it in a way with your kids that um, is, is lightening up around it. You're not, not, not like making it some heavy religious practice or something. Well, now we have to notice the sunset, and then that elicits um, resistance from kids and other human <laughs> right. beings. You're just doing it in, a, in an atmosphere of lightness and fun, which is great. So it's like nothing, nothing special in that sense. You're not um, trying to force it on anybody which makes it a drag, you know. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of funny, but, um, all right. So let's see. Um, 
is it selfish to be happy? What are your thoughts about that, Dr. Bean? Lots of people have this um, this notion, and I'm not sure where it comes from. Maybe it comes back to um, some of our uh, religious heritage in the state that we're suspicious of being happy or something. But I, I find um, whenever I talk and teach that some form of this question comes up, and um, I want to say to people that it's kind of like what the uh, flight attendant says when you're on the plane. Put your own oxygen mask on first, and then you can help others who need assistance. Because if you are a happier, more peaceful, kinder person in the world, and all of those things work together, then that is your first gift to the world and to the people around you. And even if you're involved in very important causes of some kind, but you're grumpy and angry, then you're going to spread that grumpiness and angriness, and you're going to evoke um, resistance rather rather than opening people to a more positive way of being. You know, also, um, like the heart takes the first bit of oxygen for itself. That's not selfish. That's that all the other cells in the body depend on it. And um, the Buddha told a story about a father and a daughter who were acrobats. And he would hold the pole, and the daughter would climb up on the pole and perform all these uh, tricks. And one day the father kind of lectured the daughter and said, you know, daughter, we have to take very good care of each other because if, um, if we don't and one of us gets hurt, then we can't earn our living. And the daughter said, no, father, you should say it this way. You should say we have to take very good care of ourselves because if one of us gets hurt, then we can't earn our living. Wow. And the Buddha said the daughter was correct. So this is not selfish, and it's based on the other primary insight of the Buddha, that everything is interconnected and nothing is really separate from anything else. So this isn't selfishness. It means that taking care of our own well-being uh, affects everybody and everything around us. Wow, I think that's so true, Dr. Bean, especially as a mom with young kids. You know, it's funny. I see so many moms around here, and there are some moms. I feel terrible that I said this to one of my friends. I I said to them, I said, I don't know what kind of happy pills she's taking, but whatever she's taking, I want a piece of. And maybe it just kind of goes, I was brought up in a very, you know, Italian Catholic background where Mm -hmm. I was one of 11 kids. My mom worked so hard at home and my dad worked two jobs and we were just kind of surrounded by, you know, we, we had to work together as a team to go forward, but I don't know. I carry a lot of guilt if I don't do the right thing. And Mm -hmm. this whole thought of me actually taking care of myself first and then taking care of my family second, I struggle with it tremendously. And um, I look at these moms that walk around happy as can be. And, you know, guess what? Maybe she left her morning dishes in the sink and she is taking mm-hmm. her walk to make her mind feel better so that when her kids come home, she's talking in a very gentle way, not stressed out because she hasn't taken care of herself first. So 
I love and, that and analogy that you made. Put so the oxygen. It's not so much that one is first and the other is second, it's that they're inseparable. And that um, taking care of our own well-being is often um, easier and something that we can manage more and more directly than taking care of others. But I think, you know, like for example, with children, I think the most important um, uh, gift that you can give your child is to be mindfully present in, with them in such a way that you enjoy um, the marvelous uh, beings that they are and, and their wonderful energy. And even though we have a responsibility to teach them to clean up the dishes and to be on time to school, we don't want to be so caught in those things that we're not enjoying, simply enjoying their presence above all. And that um, will give us a lot of joy and happiness when we can remember that and it will also be, in the end, the most important thing that we give them. So it's an example of where our happiness and the happiness of others, and in this case our children, are just inextricably intertwined. Wow. That sounds great, Dr. Bean. I have, I have a tough little girl, though, I have to, to say. say. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to come visit my house in the morning while my daughter's telling me she's so funny. She loves sports, but she's a little princess. So trying mm-hmm. to get an outfit together that she wants to be the fastest runner in the class and she wants to wear the rhinestones and the frilly skirts it's a very tough act in the morning so i i have to become mindful that she's got her own little personality and appreciate it instead of uh sometimes reacting the way i react but anyway You know, they say a happy mom is a happy home. So I think you're so mm-hmm. you're so right about everything. But um, gosh, I can't believe this show is going by so fast and I've enjoyed it so much. So when we come back, um, we're going to take another really quick break. I can't wait to hear more about your books, how we can get your books. And um, I'd like to, to learn a little bit. As, as you mentioned, you are a business owner because... You have to market your books, and we'll learn a few lessons from you as to um, how you are currently doing that. So with that, everyone, hang in there, and we will be back shortly. Thanks. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on Toginet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. 
This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we have Dr. Bean with us today. Um, Okay, before we talk about Dr. Bean's great books, I just, we have two other questions I really wanted to hit upon. We talked a lot about mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness and being happy and being in the right state of mind. My question, Dr. Bean, is, isn't mindfulness passive? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, I, I find that um, people, it's, it's an idea that grows out of um, Asian thinking. And um, I think people in the West um, are so doing-oriented that um we um, can have some anxiety arise about um, about this issue, and really, um, it's a matter of that when you are mindful and you're rooted deeply in the present moment, you um, have greater depth and greater clarity. And when you're acting from greater depth and clarity, the things that you do and the things that you say are more likely to be effective and on target. Whereas when we're just kind of acting willy-nilly and just in a reactive way to what's going on, a lot of what we do will actually make the situation worse. And my favorite example of this is the example of the Titanic. Um, Do you know why the Titanic sunk? Well, it was one answer, of course, is it ran into an iceberg, but Part of the answer is that it's because people took action. And as soon as the uh, iceberg was sighted, they tried to slow the momentum of the ship, of course. And also, they steered hard um, in one direction to try to avoid it. And they did this frantically and reactively. And because they steered hard, it ended up, the ship ended up scraping along the side of the iceberg. Whereas if it had rammed head-on into the iceberg, the front compartment would have flooded. Some people would have died, but they wouldn't have lost the ship. But it was because they turned hard and were taking action 
they scraped along the edges of uh, the ship, and and a number of those uh, compartments were flooded, and it reached a critical mass so that the ship could no longer stay afloat, and it caused um, so much more damage. So it, our action, um, when it grows out of um, clear and deep awareness, it's almost a, not a sense of you're you're doing anything at all because it's just what needs to happen in that moment. And it happens naturally. But when we're frantic and taking action, um, it can actually make things worse and does a lot. Like, just think about what happens when you get in an agitated state and you're having an argument with your loved ones. You know, most of the things you're going to do and say when you're in that state are going to make it worse, and you'd be better to be so-called passive. Oh, that's so funny. And, 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 just, and just calm down for a little bit and say, let me take a break before I, I talk any further about this, you know? I think that's a great idea. All right, so we'll move right along to question number 10. How do love and <laughs> compassion fit in? I think maybe you just answered that, actually. Take a deep breath. <laughs> They talked a little bit about how love uh, makes us happy and um, compassion makes us happy when we're acting from those things. And that's actually, um, you can even talk about it now in terms of the specific areas of the brain that become active that are associated with joy and enthusiasm when there's kindness present. But to say something about the nature of kindness, um, I would say that kindness is built on a foundation of understanding. I think every therapist knows this. Uh, therapists, they might not be comfortable using this language, but I am. Um, you come to love your clients. And why do you love them? Because you're focused on understanding them. And when you're focused above all on trying to understand someone, then that is love. And I think if if you say that... Um, you love someone, but you don't understand them, that's probably more like attachment rather than uh, true love in the deepest sense of the word. When we understand, we love. It's an interesting uh, English word because it has um, the two parts in it of standing and under. To understand, we temporarily put our own uh, fears and needs aside and make a space to be present to this to this other person and and understand things from their point of view, even if we don't agree with it. And when that yeah. happens, and you're not in that stuck in that place of being right or wrong or defending your point of view, which is which no kind of relate has nothing to do with any kind of good relationship, therapeutic or otherwise. Being right has nothing to do with it at all. That's but being funny. able to understand the other's point of view is the essence of love, and everyone ends up feeling better when understanding is um, the primary activity that's going on. Wow. I think this is so powerful. I am so glad we did not skip this um, question, because Dr. Bean, I don't know, in my community, there are just so many divorces happening all around, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's that everybody's going through midlife crisis, but I think it's more that people have hit a bump in the road financially with the economy that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, rather than 
turn to their spouses and say, wow, I'm so sorry that your company is downsizing and you lost your job and kind of being more understanding of Mm -hmm. the situation, I think um, I think perhaps the divorce rate wouldn't be so high. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But um, it just all goes into play with exactly what you said, that if mm-hmm. you can put yourself in the other person's shoes, understand, hey, they did everything they could. It was out of their control. Then you right. become more understanding. You focus on that understanding that turns into love and and kindness. And maybe, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know why I threw that in there, but I guess because I'm surrounded by it every day, that it just goes yeah, those into... external pressures, like of someone losing a job and the finances of a of, um, family being affected by it um, um, so deeply, um, they're, they're very um, difficult things to navigate. But um, I think uh, the Buddha made the claim that all things can be mastered by mindfulness. And he was not a person who was prone to exaggeration. And so I think um, in the case of other beings, mindfulness of other beings means love and compassion. So in in that sense, mindfulness, love, and compassion are really the same thing. And um, the powers of um, those things to heal and to get through difficulties are, are profound. Great. Okay, this is wonderful. So we're going to go on to a last question that is going to lead into um, some of your books, which, you know, I want you to take the time to just, you know, tell my um, listeners a little bit about that. So a lot of our suffering is a result of bad habits and addictions. And I know you have a book that is specifically geared to that. Can you tell us, um, can mindfulness help with this? I think mindfulness is um, perhaps the most crucial thing in dealing with um, bad habits or addictions um, because most of those things have a quality of uh, running kind of on automatic. You know, say it's um, someone who drinks too much and they come home from work at 6 o'clock or whatever and being in that situation, um, the alcohol is um, delved into almost without thinking. And um, you, people can find themselves with a, uh, a glass of alcohol in their hand and not even be clear how, how it happened because it's running on automatic. Or people who smoke cigarettes, um, sometimes they associate it with so many different things in their lives. So as soon as the phone rings and they start having a conversation with someone, they find the cigarette in their hands right away and maybe not even remembering how it got there. So mindfulness is about knowing what is going on, knowing what you're doing, being aware of the activities of your hands. And when you do that, it becomes um, a little harder for those things to just uh, run on automatic. And as you practice being aware of that, um, a zone of freedom can begin to open up for you. And you can begin to think, oh, look, I'm, I'm lighting the cigarette, I'm pouring the drink, um, I'm, I'm doing whatever it is that is problematic. And then you start to think, uh, do, I, do I really want um, to be doing this? 
you know, and at least <clears throat> you have the chance to ask that question and start to introduce something else into the situation that breaks up the automaticity of it. Perfect. Oh, my gosh, this is wonderful information. So, Dr. Bean, we have um, just three minutes. This show went so fast. So tell us more about your books and how we can get them. Um, the books are, are certainly um, available on um, Amazon or barnesandnoble.com if they're not um, in your um, local stores. Um, the, the Buddha's Way of Happiness, um, some of some of the books are, are more for professionals, like the um, Mindfulness in the Therapeutic Relationship book or the Mindful Therapy book, which is for counselors and therapists primarily, though they can also be helpful for anyone who has to deal a lot with people and needs some um, an empathic way of approaching that. But the Buddhist way of happiness is for a general audience, and so I've tried to include in there both kind of the direct ways to happiness, like being mindful of what is positive and nurturing, as well as um, methods for taking care of our sorrow, our negative emotions, and um, things like um, our addictive processes, all these um, bad habits that all of us have in some way or other um, that we would like to find some freedom from. Well, this and, is um, wonderful. Dr. Bean, that, I uh, can't... Yeah, I can't believe we only have 30 seconds left here. But um, to find more about Doc, find out more about Dr. Bean and his books and everything that he does, please do visit his website, mindfulpsychology.com. Dr. Bean, you have been one of the most amazing guests on Paying It Forward. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. My pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Bean, and everyone have a great productive week, and we'll see you again next week on Paying It Forward. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments.